0: jobs, wages and what's next for the consumer. Welcome to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management show. Glad to have you here. In the next hour, I'm going to talk about a bunch of stuff. One including grandparents blessing grandchildren. What can they do? There's many different things. Some are sensible some are not. We're going to talk about that. Ask Annex is on the way. Toward the end of the show, details on a Financial Life Hacks webinar. This would be for anybody you know. I'm going to recommend it to both of my sons who are in their early 30s. I think it's a good thing, a great thing, absolutely free. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist in the studio. Welcome. Great to be here. Brandon Lehman's here. He is Director of Annex Private Client. Welcome to the show.
1: Danny. So, Brian, we were talking a little earlier, and I know you had conversations before even you and I talked about this, but the jobs report came out. And there was a really unique thing ha- that happened with unemployment going up, but the markets reacted favorably. Explain this, please.
2: Yeah, a lot of people might look at that and be like, why is it that Wall Street is cheering the unemployment rate increasing? You know, it uh, kind of comes across as being like a bunch of vultures or something like that, you know, preying on the uh, carcass of, uh, <laughs> of bad news. But the fact is, it actually went up for a good Reason. The unemployment rate itself to me is not a very good indicator of just about anything, but it's something that gets a lot of media attention. And the reason why I don't think it's a very good indicator is it's the number of people who are unemployed relative to the labor force. Now, the labor force itself. In order to count as unemployed, you actually have to be looking for a job. I tend to like looking at something like, oh, the employment relative to the overall population. It's a much bigger measure of labor utilization. Uh, and what we actually saw was the unemployment rate going up because we had a surge of people entering the labor force. And that's a good thing. So just for to put some numbers on it, the labor force increased by 700,000. Uh, 597,000 of those were new entrants. And usually when you come into the labor force, when you start looking for a job, you don't have a job. And so you come in counting as unemployed, and then it takes time to become employed. So when the unemployment rate goes up because the labor force increased, that's actually a good sign, not a bad sign.
1: So that's why you're seeing the markets react the way that they did when you have unemployment go up but it's a good thing.
2: Yeah. And I think the another reason why the market reacted favorably is when we looked at the non-farm payrolls number, the number of jobs on net that were created, it was about 180, 190,000. And that's a good number, but it's not this outlandish or outrageous number like we've seen in the past. Uh, my estimation is that the run rate for non-farm payrolls would be about 100 to 125,000. And so that's the idea that hey, if the labor market was in balance between supply and demand, you'd want to see about 100,000. And so we're getting to that point. We also had it where wages didn't grow by more than expected. 0.2% month on month. That was actually a fairly healthy rate, but not one that creates any sort of fear of a wage price spiral.
1: Okay. There's other things that have occurred, and Danny kind of did a great job alluding to it. So you had two things that also came out. There's an impact with wages. There's an impact with consumer spending. What are we seeing there? And that probably leads into the next point that I have, though, of understanding manufacturing. Because as we talked, that's potentially could be in a recession in and of itself, at least that sector. It is.
2: And uh, so right after the employment situation report came out, about an hour and a half later, they released the ISM, Institute for Supply Management Purchasing Manager Index, So, it's a survey of manufacturers. Now, next week on Tuesday, after we get back from the holiday, we will actually be getting the services number. Manufacturing has been in a recession and it looks like that's going to continue. But when we look at consumer spending, which a lot of that is on services, that was fairly healthy. Uh, It was actually, in my opinion, too healthy. So, there might be some revisions. That's the Interesting thing about the economic data from the government is it comes out with a lag and it's oftentimes subject to sometimes big revisions. We had it where consumer spending increased by about 0.8% month on month, but incomes didn't keep pace with that. And that's been this almost alligator jaws between income growth and consumer spending growth. And that can't persist. I mean, they do eventually have to correct towards each other.
1: Now, would you say, is that revolve around some of the inflation? We've seen it start to tick down, but there's just a lot of things moving in these underlying impacts. This.
2: There are. And we always, as on an investment side, try to figure out what is due to price and what is due to volume. And we really like the real numbers based on volume, not just price.
0: Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist, Annex Wealth Management. Brandon Lehman, director of Annex Private Client. We got them for the rest of the show. That is our week in review, always available as a podcast and delivered Sundays in the Axiom Newsletter. It's Sunday, September 3rd. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 925 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Every day, market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Before we get to the guys, want to mention Tax Smart, and that's what we want for you. Get the Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Planning Strategy Review. We're going to look at your unique situation. We're going to assess your plan. We're going to provide insight on strategies you might want to employ. Details at AnnexWealth.com Tax Smart. In the studio, Brian Jacobs and Chief Economist, Annex Wealth Management. Brandon Lehman is Director of Annex Private Client.
1: So, Brian, we talked a little earlier. We were talking about jobs, ISM, consumer spending. I want to take a step back though, and look at kind of the global macro picture. The biggest question that we're getting in meetings right now, as I sit with clients is it's China, like mm-hmm. before it was Russia, Ukraine, but now the real question is what's going on in China?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. It uh, is almost like it's uh, this giant opaque box. And part of the problem is, is they're not giving the same information as they used to. Uh, it really, I think, came to light a few weeks ago when they actually stopped publishing the youth unemployment rate. Uh, they didn't like the numbers. And so they decided we're just not going to publish it. Now, in fairness, there were actually some methodology reasons. So there was a good reason behind it, but it just looked a little fishy, right? When they stopped publishing publishing data that looked bad. It's a question of why do they do that? And they've been going through a slowdown, and a lot of it is because coming out of COVID, they almost kept the COVID breaks on for too long. And with the recovery, it wasn't as great as what we had in the West. The manufacturing sector initially recovered very quickly, but consumer spending didn't rebound that much at all coming out of COVID. And now it's actually turning a little bit where the consumer spending, it's kind of plateaued where it's growing but not at a great pace. In fact, consumer spending in the United States has been growing faster than in China, which is a little weird when you think about – Past trends, when, because they are a lower income country compared to the United States, technically on the global stage, they're middle income, but relative to us, it's lower. They tend to see faster consumption growth, and they're actually having slower growth than us in the U.S., and the manufacturing sector has been struggling. They um, have been trying to take this piecemeal approach to prop up growth, and it doesn't really seem to be working all that well. Uh, Just lately, they have been really focusing their efforts on the housing market, trying to make it where people can qualify for loans at a lower rate and with a lower down payment. And we've seen this story before. Coming out of the global financial crisis, they propped up the housing market maybe a little bit too much. And so they're doing it at a very kind of snail's pace here. But there are risks that they're going to create new imbalances and not really get some sustainable growth
1: out of this. I mean, so we we take that picture. We take kind of what we talked about earlier. And I'm going to give you two questions that come up in every meeting I have all the time. The first is, what are our thoughts on a potential recession?
2: Yeah, I would say that um, we're not out of the woods yet. There are a number of indicators that I like to look at as far as what is the market telling us. Uh, One of those is about credit spreads. So high yield bonds relative to government bonds. Those are very, very narrow, which means that the market isn't really pricing in a high risk of a recession. Uh, And so our view on our investment committee is that some of the Fed's actions are beginning to show up with a slowdown in job growth, a slowdown in inflation, and eventually the Fed just historically is likely to be too late to recognize that they've gone too far. So we don't think we're out of the woods yet. I would say that if we do get a recession, it's likely to be mild. And it could start in the fourth quarter of this year and maybe extend into the first
1: quarter of 2024. See, and the next question that comes up is first recession, right? The next though is, what is your viewpoints on the end of the year for the markets? And you kind of hit on it, to to be honest, you never know because we could have data as you and I talked about next week that changes our viewpoint. But the question right now, I think I got three times in the last three meetings was, what do we think is going to happen for the rest of the year?
2: Yeah, the way that we're positioning things is to try to stay aligned with strategic allocations. You know, we really want to take that longer term view because most people are on a financial journey where that journey they expect to last for hopefully decades and not for months. And so looking out to how might we finish the year, we really don't know. Our expectation, though, is that we're going to continue to see some choppy trading. Likely the lows of October 2022 were the lows. So we do think that we could see some okay gains, but not awesome gains like we've seen so far.
0: Brian Jacobson, our chief economist, Annex Wealth Management brandon lehman director of annex private client there's more to come you know many of our clients who are grandparents want to build plans that have ways to bless their grandchildren but how we're going to cover that after a break on money talk the annex wealth management show on 92.5 fox news is there anything sweeter than the crisp sound of a driver when it connects purely with the ball many golfers evaluate the quality of their shot by the sound it makes you may feel the same about your financial plan something doesn't seem look or sound right think of Annex Wealth Management as financial swing doctors. We'll give you the truly objective analysis that comes from a fee-only fiduciary with no products to push or commissions to chase. If you need help, talk to our pros. Get started at AnnexWealth.com. You know, at the core, Annex Wealth Management is about investment and retirement planning. And once a proper plan is in place, you've got a path forward. Then the fun stuff begins. Like the joy of being a grandparent. And to talk about it, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CAP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management, but not a grandma yet.
3: Not yet. <laughs> not no. yet.
0: <laughs> <My laughs> Got to get her through college first. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Grandparenting is just different. It's like being an aunt or an uncle. You can stir them up and then give them back, but this is deeper. You might want to bless them in certain ways through a well crafted financial plan. And that's what we're going to talk about. Deanna, maybe the most natural place to start would be what people tend to do, which is take care of this little one with higher education. And that would be what, a 529?
3: Yeah, so 529 refers to the federal tax code. And these are college savings plans. They are state specific. So each state has has their own different plan, but they basically run the same way. Congress created them as a way for families to save for their children's future education. They're flexible, they can be tax advantaged, and they're specifically set up for those educational savings used for any qualified educational expense, like public or private school from elementary to college age and beyond. Even some special programs like Outward Bound can be partially covered. Now, expenses can include tuition, room and board for full-time students, books and certain supplies and fees. And when they are pulled out and the funds are used for qualified expenses, there's no taxation on withdrawals. So it's kind of like a Roth. You put in already taxed dollars, and when it's used properly, you pull the dollars out income tax-free. You name and control the beneficiary. You control the distribution of the assets, and you can change beneficiaries. So if one grandchild gets a full ride to college and doesn't need all the money, you can actually transfer it to a different beneficiary.
0: In your experience, have you seen where people put lump sums in? Do they contribute throughout the years? Yeah,
3: certainly. Now, some grandparents want to start a fund for different purposes as well, like maybe a car or helping the child save for a home. So a 529 is not always an appropriate vehicle for everybody.
0: Have you seen clients open up something as simple as a savings account in a grandchild's name, or, or maybe would it be an investment account?
3: Yeah, now you can put money into an account and gift over time to a beneficiary, keeping within the annual gifting limits. Or you can start a fund as a custodian with the assets in their name directly. But there can be gift tax, income tax, or estate tax planning implications in this case. So you really need to work with your wealth manager on the best strategy. For 2023, the annual Gift tax exclusion is $17,000 per donor per recipient. So a giver can gift to anyone, a relative, friend, or even a stranger if they wanted, up to $17,000 in assets a year free of federal gift taxes. You know, but you can also, beyond that exclusion, pay medical bills and tuition directly without it being a part of that exclusion. But it needs to go in that case directly from you to the institution and not be written to the beneficiary. So you just got to be sure that you do it right.
0: Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about what grandparents can do for grandchildren. How about including a grandchild in a will or an estate plan? Is that something you see?
3: Sometimes, yes. However, remember that a child until age of majority can't inherit directly. They need a custodian, a parent, relative, financial representative to hold and manage the money for them. So that should be a consideration and naming a minor You've got to work with an estate planning attorney on your goals and in the best way to achieve them in your estate plan.
0: You know, it must be kind of fun when a clients come in and they want to do something for their grandchildren. Right. Maybe they're not exactly sure how or what. You guide them through that process.
3: Well, of course. So we're here to help set up their financial plan, understand their goals primarily, and make sure that, you know, that they're mad over time.
0: One thing that grandparents will need to avoid, at least in my opinion, is overspending. Mm-hmm. A, a good thing is great. Too much of a good thing. Is not.
3: Sure, of course. So, grandparents want to be the ones who spoil their loved ones, but you always need to remember to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. <laughs> really, that means having that financial plan and watching the plan, retesting the plan in all economic conditions, building in your gifting goals, making sure that the plan supports them, and remember that a kid's and grandkids' career is also an asset. They have their life's worth of earning power. So depleting your own personal savings to the point of financial pain and pressure to have them, for example, graduate with no debt, especially right at the time of your retirement, that should be looked at really carefully. That can be a slippery slope. And while it is important to follow your values, be sure you don't become a charity yourself.
0: When it gets down to it, many will suggest that grandparents spend on experiences over things. You take them to the Grand Canyon and you take them out fishing, you teach them how to sail, you do stuff like that.
3: You know, I love this, Danny. We often will have people come in and say, you know, what good is it to me at least when I'm gone, you know, and they get this money, let's enjoy it all together. So experiences follow the family. Those memories last long after we're gone potentially, whereas toys don't necessarily (laughs) last, right? Having that family get together somewhere special where it's a family celebration, so important to many clients I service here at Annex, we actually build build those dreams right into your financial plan.
0: Love it. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you.
3: Thanks for having me. Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com.
0: Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Value. We all want value. It's human nature to want the best deal on goods or services. Might be a pizza. Might be a car. Why not? Might as well be your financial plan. You've also heard the old adage, you get what you pay for. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Danny. I like talking to you about this when it comes to your investment and retirement plan. The value of an advisor is important, and it's important to us, and we want that for you too. Russell Investments breaks down the value of an advisor by using simple letter codes A, B, C, and T. A is for active rebalancing of investment portfolios. And Brandon, we talk about that a lot. Active is the key word.
1: Yeah, and active is so important because it's not set it and forget it. It's not actively do it one time a year. It's when is there opportunity take advantage of what the market is getting you. What I mean by that is, so the market's up, take some of those gains, take them off the table, rebalance to areas that have underperformed. In in the long term, this benefits the long-term perspective of the portfolio. And actually what it does, the key here is it reduces volatility. So in a recent study, again, Russell Investments put together, you can see the reduction in volatility that the math that they've done actually brings it down about 0.51% in terms of standard deviation. I know that's getting kind of deep, but it's basically, it's reduced the volatility by actively Balancing and when you have an investment team like Annex looking over it, that is a phenomenal way to help you reach your goals, which we'll eventually talk about when we get to B and C. Got it. The flip side is passive,
0: right? Passive is set it and forget it, or some but some things doing it. S-
1: some things thing. doing it, where there's it's more of it's just a time frame. Well, this is actively done. This isn't a time frame like we're gonna do it on June 30th. This is when the opportunity arises, we take advantage and rebalance those portfolios.
0: When talking about the value of an advisor, B stands for behavioral coaching. And coaching is a two-way street. That implies an engaged relationship on both
1: sides. Correct. And this has actually been so prevalent in recent history, right? You go through the pandemic and all the things going on. Well, when we have an engaged relationship with our clients, we're talking to them not just about the markets, but we're talking about their plan. And the thing is, it's keeping them on pace. It's long-term, big picture. What are you looking at? How does it fit your plan? Again, statistics that Russell has pulled together is if you miss the best 51 days of the market because you pulled out because fear took over for you, well, you could miss an average return dropping of one5 0.34%. I mean, that's, that's a drop just because of behavioral. So when you work with Annex as a team, we're looking long-term, right? What is the long-term impact? Well, it hurts now because the market's volatile and all those things going on. Long-term, how does it impact your plan? And that really leads to C. Brandon Lehman,
0: Director of Branch Development and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, talking about the value in advisor. C stands for Customized Experience and Family Wealth Planning. That process, that's a journey.
1: That's a journey that starts from the day we sit down, but it never ends. And that's what's key about it. So it's customized planning. No one family is the same. Every situation is different. So you're looking at a customized plan maybe you want to retire to another state. It's all variable. It's all different. So you have to have a custom plan. And that's part of that C, where it's working together, building that plan. And the cost of planning, surprisingly, in the 80s, well, maybe not surprisingly, was lower, right? Because it was more of the brokerage side. It was just buying and selling. But now there's so much more to it. And it really leads to all the different things you put together, which is the last one, in my opinion, and probably one that people forget the most about. And that's T, Danny.
0: There you go. What's the value of an advisor at Annex Wealth Management? We think that answer is a lot. Piece we saw from Russell Investments, T stands for Tax Smart Investing. Big difference between tax preparation and tax planning.
1: Yes, and that is key. I think we talk about that. And I actually, I know we talk about that in every meeting here at Annex when we meet with somebody who first comes in the door. There's tax planning and there's tax prep. Tax prep is, you know, the compliance looking backwards. Tax planning is saying, what do you own? What does that mean for your tax picture? Can we adjust that? Can that get better? Maybe it's because you have something that pays high capital gain distributions and that impacted your taxes last year. Well, let's look at that now. Overall, there's tax drag. We call it a tax drag on a portfolio because you might have an investment that has done really well, but because of the tax drag, because of all the capital gains that you don't really think about, but when you look at your 1040 come April, actually had an impact. Tax smart investing tax loss harvesting at the right time, watching how long you own something for, wash sales. All of those things are so important. And that's really the T. And there can be up to, they say, 92 basis points or 0.92% of what you call tax drag sometimes on portfolios, just because you weren't paying close attention. And when you partner with a firm like Annex, where we have a tax team, an investment team, it's so important to help that fit into C, customized approach, Be on the behavioral side and obviously the active rebalancing.
0: I love that. When it gets down to it, think carefully about the value of a fee-only fiduciary.
1: That's the key right there. A fee-only fiduciary who's working in your best interest at all times, that has a team behind them, a team of experts in their given areas to make sure your plan is on track for the goals that you want to accomplish.
0: Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. That's how we do it, and we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Brandon Lehman, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Danny. Is there anything sweeter than the crisp sound of a driver when it connects purely with the ball? Many golfers evaluate the quality of their shot by the sound it makes. You may feel the same about your financial plan. Something doesn't seem, look, or sound right. Think of Annex Wealth Management as financial swing doctors. We'll give you the truly objective analysis that comes from a fee-only fiduciary with no products to push or commissions to chase. If you need help, talk to our pros get started at AnnexWealth.com. Here we go. It's Ask Annex. Got a question? You head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button in the studio. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Danny. Matt Moore is the Investment Team Manager. Hello to you. Hey, Danny. Here we go. First one. I'm 63 and would like to retire by 65. I'm currently 70% equities and I'm okay with risk for the upside. Should I take a pause and reconsider and reduce that number?
4: Well, we talk about risk tolerance and risk capacity with clients all the time. Risk tolerance is how comfortable an individual is with that investment volatility, the market fluctuations, it's based on psychological factors. Can you sleep at night? Or do you constantly worry about your portfolio? And then there's that risk capacity, that objective assessment of how much risk an individual can financially withstand based on their current financial situations, their goals, obligations. So you obviously have the risk tolerance to say 70% equities, now you need to see if your financial plan has the risk capacity to take on that exposure, and that should determine your overall portfolio allocation.
5: Certainly seems like you've got the risk tolerance to be able to do that, but again, you know, right now as we're recording this the market is rebounding quite a bit, so it's easy for people to to feel that they've got that risk tolerance for it. But how did you feel in early 2020? How did you feel in 2022? If that happened a year from now, how would you feel? The other thing I look at that too is maybe you're okay from that overall tolerance, but where is that risk being taken within the portfolios that you have? If you have multiple accounts, maybe you can move some of that around a little bit where you know from a distribution planning early in retirement I need I'm going to need to pull some cash out of some of these accounts. Maybe make those a little bit more conservative and something like a Roth IRA that you might not touch for a while, make that more aggressive. So you get the same overall mix of equities, but maybe it's just put into different places.
0: Sarah, do you ever find that somebody says that their risk tolerance is one thing, but their capacity is, does not match?
4: <laughs> I don't find that very often because some people aren't aware of that capacity. They don't, that's a new term that we introduce. It's kind of interesting when we do bring that up and the light bulb goes off, goes, oh, yeah. uh," You know, because a lot of times some people think if they're 80 years old, they can't be aggressive. Or if they're 50, they can't be conservative. It's a mixture of both tolerance and capacity.
0: Ask Annex. Next up, I read a lot about protecting my portfolio from market volatility, but isn't that part of normal market cycles? My time horizon is at
5: least 10 years out. Yeah, it certainly is part of normal market cycles, but it's another thing to understand that looking backwards that it is to live through a lot of that. So that goes back again to to risk tolerance. What we always like to look at though too is, let's say the market does fall back. You actually need a higher rate of return than that fallback to get back to where you were. So if the market goes down ten, you need an eleven percent return in order to get back. The market goes down fifty in those extreme environments. You actually need a hundred percent return to get back to that. So if that's something that you're not able to weather those storms throughout that thing, it does make sense to try to maybe mitigate some of that risk, especially in times periods where the market's strong. So for at all time highs, maybe it's a chance to pull a little bit of equities off the table, take some profits, and that way when the market does pull back, you're in better position to kind of push back the other way. The other way to do that too is through what types of equities you have in your portfolio or what types of fixed income. So the market's choppy. You might not necessarily want to ride the entire market down through that. If you find companies that, let's say, are profitable, pay dividends, have high quality balance sheets, they tend to hold up better in times of market volatility. So it's about shifting the allocations there. Same thing within fixed income too. There are certain types of bonds that are going to do better when rates are going up or rates are going down. Certain types of bonds are going to do better in in strong economic cycles versus weak ones. So it's about positioning the portfolio to be able to take advantage of when things are great and, and get all of that that you can, but also protect yourself on the downside when that goes down.
4: Volatility is a normal part of the market cycles and investors should be prepared for that, especially when you have that long time horizon. But I also think that diversification and risk tolerance are super important for protecting that portfolio.
0: Final question on Ask Annex. My son is out of college now and employed. He has several options in his work 401k, but is struck by analysis paralysis. I'm recommending at least a target date fund. Please confirm this is a good choice until he becomes a more experienced investor.
4: Well, I'm right there with you. I have a new graduate as well who just got his first job, so I know what you're going through. But the target date fund, that's a very good option for that novice investor, someone who is too busy to manage their own portfolio or has no desire to do it. They're designed to be that all-in-one investment solution that automatically adjusts asset allocation over time, so the older you get, the more conservative that portfolio becomes. They're also called like set it and forget it. But it's easy because you only have to pick a retirement date. You don't have to worry about picking any of the funds. So it's not a bad option for your son.
5: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Really, when you're first getting started, the most important thing is how much you're saving, not necessarily what you're putting it into. If you're beating the market, getting market returns or trailing slightly, which is kind of what your range of outcomes are, especially with the target date fund, it's gonna be somewhere around there. Really just important that you're getting money into it, not necessarily that you're trying to beat the market at that point in time. When we work with companies and we help manage their 401ks, target date options are something we put into every single plan out there. And that's an area that we do push people to if they just want to get it invested and then just let it go. We also create allocations from them, too, both for the plans that we work with, but also clients that we work with here as well, too. So our investment team can sit down, review the options that are available at that, and come up with a, a plan for them based off of their risk tolerance. So we do get a little bit more active with that when we can see the options, know the risk tolerance, create that plan for them. But if you don't have access to that, if you're not working with someone who could do that for you, a target date fund is going to be perfect.
0: Matt Moore is the investment team manager. Thanks. Thank you. Sarah Kyle, wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You bet, Danny. We are big believers in financial education. The more you know, the better prepared you are. Got a financial wellness webinar planned in a couple of weeks. Going to go over the basics and share how you can join next after a break. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It was bound to happen. Over your career, investments came along for the ride. The first 401k, brokerage account, profit sharing, stock options, pension, another 401k, an insurance policy, an annuity. You get the picture. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've seen, reviewed, dissected, discussed, and analyzed thousands of them. Some portfolios are like well-tended gardens and reflect diligence, patience, fortitude, and optimism. Others tell the story of being sold commission products that might not have been the best choice, maybe for the salesperson, but not for the investor. When the financial planning team at Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions based on what's important, the retirement you desire. That's where the good stuff happens. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. As a fee-only fiduciary, that's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. That's Annex Wealth. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Tom Parks is here. He's Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hello, Danny. No doubt, 401k plans represent a critical component of many Americans' nest eggs. In fact, to the tune of $6 trillion
6: in retirement assets. That's the good news. That's right, Danny. Despite all of the negative headlines out there, there is some good news. I'm glad that we're starting there. Yeah, well, the bad news is too many people are falling short of retirement goals. And here we go into yeah. realityville. But yeah, $6 is <laughs> a great number. We will be sharing some stats that might cast a little bit of a shadow on that, but uh, we'll keep it real.
0: National 401k Day is coming up, and in celebration, Annex Wealth Management is going to offer an interactive financial wellness webinar. It's insight into how we can adjust our behaviors to get better. This is basic stuff, so maybe if you're well-versed in all of this, you want to recommend it to somebody, maybe your kids. This is operating in the no-judgment zone. It's open for anyone to we're going to have the webinar information at the end of this segment. So, Tom, this financial wellness webinar, the basics
6: of borrowing, that happens early in the presentation. Is that one of the early trouble spots? Yeah, I think people might wonder, you know, what borrowing has to do with saving for retirement. How does this tie into 401k day? But this is a critical issue to address because debt is a huge impediment to saving for retirement, and just to building a you know a solid financial life. So when so much of your income is going to servicing that, it gets understandably hard to allocate those dollars to other things. So we got to address that issue.
0: So we want stuff, but we borrow to get that stuff, and sometimes we get in a little deep. Sometimes we do, Danny. Yes, we do. All right. In this webinar, you use easy-to-follow examples. I like that. We talk about Max and Charlie. They're your special guests, and how you use them to demonstrate saving and investing.
6: Yeah, when it comes to personal finances, behaviors are fine. Far more influential than math. But arithmetic does play a role, so we're gonna look at how some seemingly insignificant behavioral adjustments can really impact the the math long-term. So Max and Charlie are fictional characters, but they live different lives and operate differently. They have a lot of similar characteristics, but they do some a few things that are a little bit different, and the results end up being noticeably different. Yeah,
0: huge difference. With Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management, we're going to celebrate National 401k Day. we get got an interactive financial wellness webinar. Please recommend this to some folks that really need this. We're going to cover investment accounts, both tax-deferred and taxable, and that is important, isn't it?
6: It is, because I think we talk about this stuff all the time. We understand that when there are tax advantages, it's important, it's a benefit. But I think it's important to draw the distinction among tax preferred or tax benefited accounts and those that aren't because there can be some confusion there. So again, not necessarily specifically 401k related, but in the context of understanding all this stuff together. I want to touch on that to just make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah. Now, we talk about financial wellness, but there's also financial
0: stress. And financial stress is a bad thing. It affects more than just one person. It can affect companies.
6: Yeah, and and families and all that stuff. And statistics show that a lot of Americans are experiencing financial stress. So we have to understand where people are coming from. And when we talk about saving and budgeting and all that stuff, there is a path to financial wellness from the position of financial stress. And we want to show people that there is that path. This is not a hopeless presentation. We're going to get real and we're going to be serious about stuff, but we want to show that there is hope for this to happen. It's not always going to be easy, but like you and your Go Ruck buddies know, nothing worthwhile ever is. so. Amen, brother, to that. Yeah. The stuff we're talking about is just
0: the tip of the iceberg. We're talking about the 401k day financial wellness webinar. It is free and it's coming up. Let's talk about when.
6: Danny, it's taking place Friday, September 8th at 1230 p.m. It'll last less than an hour. And in order to sign up, you can go to annexwealth.com slash events so that you can get registered with the link and be able to participate in the event.
0: You've done a number of these. The feedback we get, it's interactive it's
6: fun it's loose you're not preaching uh, you're instructing that is correct like you said at the beginning it is a no judgment zone but it is also a no nonsense zone so we're going to have some fun (laughs) and hopefully get some stuff done
0: that's right for investment retirement planning tax planning and estate planning we do it as a fee only fiduciary know the difference our website annexwealth.com click that get started button start the wealth metric process tom parks director of retirement plan services at annex wealth management thanks for joining us thank you danny This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break, but we're going to be back. More to come on 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Every day, market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management back on money talk the annex wealth management show 92.5 fox news with robert chastain branch director wealth manager annex wealth management southwest florida hello robert hey danny how are you not bad so i saw this article titled not so obvious money mistakes you could be making we're going to go through four of them and we might even have a 4a let's review them and we get it folks right at the top life is hectic it's sometimes easy to miss things and Up front, I'm going to confess, I am guilty of all of these. So hopefully this discussion will help. The first is not maxing out your 401k contributions. And that, Robert, is easier said than done because that's a big number. Now, I think you got to get to the match. But boy, to get to the maximum, that's that's tough. You really just hit the absolute bare minimum.
7: If your company has a 3% match, a 5% match, at least take that free money. If somebody was on the corner handing out free money, you would stop your car, get out, and, and pick it up. Don't let your company's free offering to you go by you. The max this year in a 401k is 225 for anybody under 50. If you're over 50, you can put up to 30000 away. Here's something else that I've seen people do. If both spouses are working, to get money in their 401ks faster, one spouse will do 100% of their income until they've hit the max, so then their money is compound growth longer. That's even a different strategy if you're able, but still, the
0: sooner you start, the sooner you can retire. The second is something I'm also guilty of. And now that I'm on the back nine of my career, there's not much I can do except let others know. And it's not taking advantage of Roth accounts early in your career. And I remember in my thirties, when these things kind of came in, I just thought, "No, no, I'm not gonna pay tax. Now I'll pay tax later and might've been a mistake. Here's a couple things now, right? They've
7: like, as you said, they've been around a longer time now. People have gotten used to them when they first came out. There was some real resistance to, to Roth IRAs. But if you can have a mix of both, it gives you flexibility in retirement. And not only that, if you have Roth accounts, you're absolutely, if you have assets, after you've successfully finished retirement and pass your assets on, you're gonna wanna give your kids or your heirs your Roth accounts because they're tax-free. If you pass down IRA accounts, then the government's going to get their their hands on that and take whatever the tax amount is before it goes to your family. The nice thing about a Roth is it gives you flexibility and retirement and for wealth transfer after you successfully end retirement.
0: Yeah, I just need that time machine to go back and talk to the 33-year-old version of myself and have a little chat <laughs> about that. We're with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. Four not-so-obvious things that we can miss in saving and investing for retirement. Robert, what is number three?
7: Well, number three, Danny, is inflation. Uh, I'll go out on the limb here and say maybe our listeners have felt a little bit of that inflation bite in recent years. The nice thing about Annex Wealth Management, Danny, is we build it in to all of our retirement plans so our clients aren't surprised by it. When we project income and expenses going forward, we plan for inflation and you can make revisions and or
0: modifications to your retirement plan. Our fourth easy to forget thing when planning for retirement is not considering taxes what's the two absolutes in life, death
7: and taxes, right? This now, in hindsight, would be my number one topic. The tax planning, and I'm not talking about cheating on your taxes, but if you can do tax planning and avoid taxes, it's paramount to your wealth. The more that you keep, the more more you can invest, the more that grows for you, and the more that you can spend. So the tax part of it, It's so underrated, Danny, I cannot stress that enough.
0: Maybe the 4A thing of this is assuming that you will be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. I think many people just assume that.
7: You know what's really nice, Danny? I never have a problem telling somebody who's retired that Annex Wealth Management has done well for them and they're gonna be paying more taxes because they've made the money. So you never have to apologize for that. But here's the other thing. With our planning that we do for our clients, you will know beforehand what your tax burden's gonna be. That alone takes a lot of the angst and worry away, knowing that
0: this is gonna be my tax burden. Two things before we let you go. Number 1, how do we get a hold of you if we want to call you?
7: Well, Danny, if you want to call me, I'm at 239-350-6363 or adding, starting this week, we have our new location, 4901 Tamiami Trail North, just south of
0: Pine Ridge Road come see us. We'd love to meet you. We look at your personal situation from every angle. Nobody's plan is the same. Let's talk about yours. Best way to get things going, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. You know, not every single couple has children. People are child-free. We'll talk about that next after a break on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
3: Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com.
0: Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Not one the same. Not one of our clients' financial and retirement plans are the same because not one of our clients are the same. It's deeply personal, it's custom-tailored, it's unique to you. We often talk about families in a traditional sense, dad, mom, kids. We also know not every family is traditional, and it's very true for couples who are child-free. Planning for these couples is different, and that's what we're going to talk about with Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP, and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst. Welcome back. Hi. Child-free is a better, kinder way of saying childless, right? For whatever reason, and most or none of our business, not every couple has children, but that doesn't mean they don't appreciate holistic financial planning.
3: Well, sure. I like to think of it this way, Danny. There are some- some people who have heirs where it's important to have them leave their beneficiaries something to provide for them. And you know what? It doesn't matter if it's their children, nieces, nephews, friends. And there are some people who've worked hard. And while they love the people around them in their life, their goal is to make sure that they themselves are provided for. But either way, holistic financial planning is required. And by the way, there's really no right or wrong in that.
0: You know, it's tough to pin down exactly how many Americans don't have children and don't plan on having any. Going by census, estimates about 11 percent of americans 55 and older are child free but recent data suggests the number may be growing it's reasonable to assume 50 to 60 million americans are child free Deanne, true or false most if not all financial rules of thumb assume that you have kids
3: yeah that's true so if we're creating a financial plan in a box so to speak and and it's not customized obviously that's not the way annex works But many goals that are around that traditional financial planning would include the legacy you leave after you die, not necessarily thinking about the legacy you create in your life. I think those are very different things, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. So I do believe it's true, Danny.
0: If you take the possibility of kids out of the equation... Does the whole foundation of a financial plan change? Well,
3: sure, it does. Because it's not so much about what you leave behind. It's about what you create in your life. You know, we all want to be relevant, right? We want to be remembered by someone or something. So this could be about what you're doing while you're still alive. Maybe creating that ongoing scholarship with your alma mater. Or maybe it's about doing what makes your soul sing and giving to charity in a way while you're alive where you can volunteer and you can really feel the goodness there it's about something bigger than ourselves that we want to take care of
0: child free couples are not necessarily non-traditional but are they still aiming at traditional financial landmarks like retiring at 65
3: Well, the age might change, but certainly for most people, retirement's the goal. However, we like to rephrase this and have people think about not retiring from something, but retiring to something. And, you know, throughout our retirement, our goals change as well. We don't know where we might live, for example. And in some cases with couples with kids, they might say, well, I want to be where my kids are. That gives a little freedom to people who don't have that concern.
0: We're with Ian Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA, planning for child-free couples. What's it mean when somebody suggests to invest backwards?
3: Uh, well, this would be true of anybody who, again, wants flexible early retirement in particular, with children or not. Now, if you're going to retire before the age when you can, without penalty, pull money from your retirement funds, then you need to consider the tax placement of your investments and make sure that you have different pots of money from a different taxation point of view and make sure that you can pull from a pot of money that won't penalize you. So, for example, a lot of people might do the right behavior of paying themselves first and doing a pre-tax 401k, for example. That's great, but if you pull from an IRA before the age of 59 and a half, or in many cases, a 401k before 55, you might hit a penalty. Now, having a traditional taxable account or even a Roth that was set up earlier gives you a kind of tax freedom and flexibility to do tax-advantaged investing and to pull your funds penalty free if you're going to retire earlier. So again, early planning. It's never too early, right, Danny?
0: Planning for child-free couples. Plan for long-term care. That would be huge.
3: Yeah, I do hear from my singles and couples who are child free periodically concerned about their own personal care as they age. And because of this, we do suggest that they consider an estate plan sooner. And in case of disability or long term care that hits early, we like to explore the option of both of those types of insurances or hybrids. Uh, from an educational point of view, you know, people should know what the cost would be to them, but then you've got to follow the math because obviously the earlier you purchase there's a certain break even if you're going to use it to make sure that the math works of paying the premiums as opposed to self-insuring. That's the kind of math that a financial planner can look at. You know, they also, there's a concern about having that financial power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney that you can turn to if there's a problem. Having these can provide a peace of mind
0: not one of our clients financial and retirement plans are the same because not one of our clients are the same investment retirement planning tax planning and estate planning we do it as a fee-only fiduciary know the difference our website annexwealth.com click that get start a button deanne phillips director of client learning development cfp and a
3: cdfa thanks for joining us hey thanks for having me
0: headlines texts emails the tv the computer the phone even your smartwatch every day market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis no surprise americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans turn down the media roar dial up the planning Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Back in Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple of things. This show is going to be available as a podcast at the top of the hour, wherever you get your regular podcasts, and that's like Apple Music or Spotify, but wherever you get it. Also, want to remind you that we want you to get Tax Smart, the Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Plan strategies review is pretty darn cool. We're going to review your unique situation. We're going to assess your plan and we're going to provide insight on strategies you might want to employ. All the details on that, AnnexWealth.com slash smart. In the studio, Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist, Brandon Lehman, Director of Annex Private
1: Client. So Brian, we talked a little earlier about markets, a lot of the things going on there, but let's take a pivot here. And you and I do a lot of work on the Annex Private Client side. And a lot of that work Revolves around taxes, Danny alluded to it, the tax smart investing. But things that you and I are taking a look at tend to be a little bit larger scale, a little bit more complex. The first and really that jumps to my mind is tax smart investing, though. Mm-hmm. How you do that, what are you looking at? And really just making sure, even though you're trying to be smart, you don't let the tax tail wag the dog. And you and I shared some thoughts on this, you know, earlier in a discussion, but When you think of that, what comes to mind when you say, don't let the tax tail wag the dog, but we got to be smart?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the way that I think about it is trying to think about investment opportunities from an after-tax return perspective. Um, A lot of times when people look at historical data, they will just say, oh, you know, the S&P 500 returned a certain amount, right? It's like, well, it would have, if you could have invested in it, in a cost-free way because there's all sorts of frictions as far as transaction costs. But in what kind of account would that have been in? Because you do have to consider the tax implications. And I think that's one of the really exciting parts of financial planning and wealth strategizing in general is trying to integrate the asset allocation with the asset location, looking at it through that after-tax lens. And Uh, I I think a really good example of that right now would be thinking about where to put, say, cash to work. We know that money market yields are higher than what they've been in many, many years. But there are many different types of money market accounts. Right, You can have some that invest, invest in municipal bonds. You can have some that invest in treasuries or those that invest also in some commercial paper, which are issued by corporations. And each one... Is taxed slightly differently. And so I think that's one of the exciting things is to look at the yield opportunities for investors right now, but then to have that conversation about what is your tax situation? Which account is this likely going to be in? And then we can make a better decision about
1: how to do the allocation based on the asset location. I think that's so important. When we start to look at these situations, folks just get wrapped up in, I got X for a return, but it's, Sure, you did. But when we look at it, maybe from we're doing distribution planning now, Mm -hmm. right? You've done the accumulation phase. Now we need to turn around and take it out. First, we have to have a strategy around distribution. Where is it coming from? How is it coming? What buckets? How is it set up? How do we efficiently distribute? But the big part of that from that efficiency standpoint is exactly what you alluded to, the tax. Because maybe you got X in an IRA, but don't forget, the feds want a piece of that too. The IRS is going to say, you owe us. So as you look at those IRA dollars, how much do we distribute? And maybe you have a targeted income you need to hit for any number of reasons. Well, what is the best strategy? Where do you pull from? How much do you pull? What type of account? And there is a generation that, you know, did a great job accumulating, and we give them a lot of credit for that. But unfortunately, they weren't given a lot of options, right? It was basically Mm -hmm. a 401k. And now with the advent of the Roth IRA kind of coming to I'd say it it's true character it's taken many years what became mainstream inside 401k so that generation didn't have that opportunity so now we're really only dealing with tax later money for the most part tax later and then tax now which is those brokerage accounts you have those two buckets so that's where the tax planning the distribution the opportunities can arise, but also that location of those investments are incredibly important because that's going to impact that 1040. And that's, if we look at it on the private client side, one of the first things we're looking for or looking at really is a tax return Mm -hmm. because we're going to look at the K-1s, we're going to look at the 1040 itself, the W-2s, the 1099s, what kind of income is probably flowing in through a business, whether an S-corp or a C-corp, Put it all that together and then say, this is the impact it's going to have here. We need to think about it this way. And what's so important is everybody is different. So the amount of times that people come in and say, well, my friend does X or my friend did Y, it's like, you're not your friend. Your situation is grossly different because you're a different person. So on the private client side, there's so much minutia to go through, but such a strong result, in my opinion, in the end, because the team is so large. It's not just me and you, but there's Mm -hmm. an entire wealth strategist team behind this with Annex Private Client to look at taxes, estate overall distribution planning, all those little things that you can look at and say Annex has got the team to help me when I have those larger dollars. And when we talk, you know, large private client, private wealth situations where we need a large team to come in. And it's such a blessing to be a part of Annex and have that
2: Mm -hmm. and witness that. here. Yeah, it it is really exciting to think about how it is that we can help people make those better decisions to preserve the wealth for oftentimes, generations to come. I mean, their objective isn't just to make it through the next year or the next few years. It's also looking out for how is it that they can make an impact to different charities and then to also future generations.
0: Dr. Brian Jacobson is our chief economist at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And Brandon Lehman, director of Annex Private Client. Thank you. Danny. Folks, we believe investment in retirement planning is for everybody. And it goes all the way from, Annex Ignite, where folks can start all the way to what Brandon does with Annex Private Client. If you treat September like a symbolic change of season, maybe a symbolic change of investment strategy, we're ready to guide you. Get started button. That's what you click at AnnexWealth.com. We're going to be back here next Sunday at noon. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.